This evening I'd like to look at a lesson in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 61, and uh, look at a verse here, there's a lot of rejoicing and a lot of joy, and I like rejoicing, I like joy, don't you? And we want to see what this joy and what this rejoicing was, was all about. Isaiah chapter 61. And verse 10 starts out, says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. So here's a lot of rejoicing, a lot of joy. I like rejoicing. I like joy. But what was this all about? What was this rejoicing and this joy all about? And then it tells us. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As the bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. So, all this rejoicing and joy was about being clothed. And uh, this is a time of year we got some uh, school-aged children up here. And comes this time of year, time for school clothes. Rhonda, probably all of your students, uh, they all, it's the time of year they got new school clothes. Maybe there was some rejoicing, maybe. But here was a rejoicing over a particular kind of, kind of clothing. Uh, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. So he's the one that provided the clothing. He hath clothed me with the garments of salvation, the type of clothing. He hath covered me with a robe of righteousness. So we see this clothing, we see the type of this clothing, and I've looked at this before, but something that I uh, didn't uh, hit me as much as it has this time, and let me, in case I don't bring it out, let me mention this too. We understand, and, and we'll talk about, I want to talk about tonight, garments of salvation, salvation, robes of righteousness. We want to talk about that. And not only, and certainly we'll see that as our covering, but not just a covering, but look at this covering. I mean, it would be, we think of, I'll get way ahead of myself and get myself confused and everything, but we think, we, we know our covering, the blood of Jesus Christ, shields us from uh, the face of God, as we mentioned this morning, shields us from judgment. And I look, I look at, looked at it before like a, a suit of armor or something. But a suit of armor is not necessarily attractive. <laughs> Historically, I kind of like seeing it. So I looked at it as a suit of armor, and that's that's true. But look at the last part of it, which I failed to see before. As the bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments. And as a bride adorneth herself for jewels, not only was this a protective covenant, but it was beautiful. So, clothing. Before we can truly be joyful, 
because there was a lot of joy, a lot of rejoicing. Before we can truly rejoice and be joyful, we must see if there's a need for it. Otherwise, we wouldn't rejoice. There was no need on it. Uh, Debbie, for my birthday, you got me a, a blue shirt and a red tie and a golden yellow tie, and uh, it goes with a lot of stuff. Debbie, uh, I remember she's got me different things through the years, and you got me one tie. It's kind of got a couple shades of brown, a little shade of silver, and a little shade of blue, and that tie, I wore it out. I mean, literally the back of it, because it fits everything. So, so I, I certainly appreciate that, but getting back to our lesson, if Debbie and Keith had got me a shark suit or a shark cage or something, I said, well, thank you, <laughs> but I don't know that I really see a need for it. Don't know that I would have been joyful and rejoice. I, don't really see the need for the shark cage right now. So, do you see a need for this garments of salvation and robe of righteousness? If you don't see a need, you don't see this rejoicing and this joy in your hearts. If as much as the religious world does, if you believe that you get to heaven by cleaning yourself up, by your own decisions, your own works, your own abilities, then you can't fully rejoice in this. You don't see the need. I wouldn't fully rejoice in a shark cage or a shark suit. So here, this there's a lot of rejoicing. That's what I want to point out. There's a lot of rejoicing. And I don't want us to miss the rejoicing. I want us to be able to rejoice, but you have to see the need. And then you have the rejoicing. So, do you honestly see a need for these garments? Or... Again, I know what the world teaches. It's up to you. Your salvation is up to you. Your righteousness is up to you. Can they fully rejoice? Could I fully rejoice if I felt that way? If I felt my righteousness was in me and my power and my decisions and my salvation and so forth, could I fully rejoice in it? No more than you get me a shark cage <laughs> for my birthday. So do we have a need? I'm going to go to Romans chapter 5. Uh, and David, we certainly go to Romans chapter 3 and see the need as well. But Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 Wherefore, as by one man, and this one man is talking about is, is Adam. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, death by sin, 
So death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. We're all sinners through Adam. We're all, I talked some, I think, about 23 and Me or something, which is kind of interesting. It shows you some of your kin and family and things like that. But I'll tell you where it does go back. We all go back to Adam and Eve. We're all relatives. We're all descendants of Adam and Eve. Some don't believe that either. But anyway, nevertheless, the scripture certainly will bear that out and prove that. So through Adam, I'm not using for excuse. Wasn't Adam be me. But through Adam, we're all sinners. We need a change of garment. Scripture that I go to often, I won't go there, you're familiar with it. Isaiah tells us our condition. We are all as an unclean thing, and all of our righteousness are filthy rags. So we're talking about righteousness, and I, yeah, I'm going to bring the filthy rag out again. This is what I see as our righteousness. I'll put it on here in front of these beautiful flowers that Debbie made for us. Maybe it's a good comparison. This is us, and this is the robe of righteousness and the garment of salvation provided for us. But this is us, nevertheless. So, do we have a need? We, we know this is, we're all an unclean thing. All of our righteousness are filthy rags. That's our righteousness with ourselves. That's, that's what we are. So do we have a need? Well, if you clean it up. Job said, if I wash myself with snow and make my hands never so clean, yet thou shalt plunge me in the ditch and my own clothes Shout whore me. Well, what are those clothes? Trying to clean yourself up. That is, the, uh, I try to clean myself up. That is my clothing. That is my filthy garment. So the, the more one would try, the filthier the garment. All of our righteousness are as filthy rags. So do you see a need for a change of garment? Will you rejoice? Knowing that you need a change of garments. So I'd rejoice to have different garments than which that which I have, the best I could produce. Uh, while we're here in Romans, let's go to the 10th chapter. For they being ignorant, verse 3, Romans 10 and 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. So those that are ignorant of God's righteousness, they haven't been shown. 
Their eyes haven't been opened. They don't see. They're ignorant of God's righteousness through Jesus Christ. They might talk about it, but they're ignorant of God's righteousness through Jesus Christ. So what do they do? They go about to establish their own righteousness. And what does that look like? Isaiah says, all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. So they're ignorant with the best of intentions. They're ignorant of God's righteousness going about to establish their own. With the best of intentions. I mean, these, these aren't bad people with the best of intentions. But does that, does that clean it up? So now that I see, certainly have a need, we agree that, that we need a change of garment. And then we see that change of garment, then, then we rejoice. If we think, if we're ignorant of God's righteousness, and we go about establishing our own, then we don't see the need. We don't rejoice in the garments of salvation and the robes of righteousness because we don't see the need. And I know people still, well, I'll do the best I can or I'll clean it up. In Scripture, we won't go to it, but I refer to it so many times because it's such a blessing to me to see and and it, it teaches such a proof. The offerings. And God said, every male that opens a womb is mine. You sacrifice it unto me. But he said, now the unclean things, you don't sacrifice an unclean thing to God. So we look at an unclean beast, whether it be a, a, a swine or a donkey or, or a horse or any of the unclean things, you don't sacrifice that to God. The master can make a decision. It's fit for destruction. Break his neck. You don't offer to God, you break his neck. Or, if the master so chooses, he can redeem it with a lamb. So we have, and the scripture talks about an ass, or an ass cold, or a donkey. So it's the first male that opens a wound. It's fit for destruction. Break his neck. If the owner wants to make the decision to save it, he can redeem it with a lamb. But it, it's redeemed. But if we don't do that, if it's not redeemed with a lamb, well, can the donkey then, what if it acts like a lamb? What if it goes over there and eats with the lambs and acts, lays with the lambs and so forth? What if it's over there with the lambs and just acts like a lamb? It's still an unclean thing. Fit for destruction. Break its neck. Unless it's redeemed. So what's what's the cure for our problem? We see we're all an unclean thing. All of our righteousness are filthy rags. Uh, We certainly see uh, the need but the cure. So we're in this, all of our righteousness are filthy rags. That's, that's how we're dressed. That's the, that is the best 
that we can do. So what's, what's the cure for that? Zechariah chapter 13. Zechariah near the end of the Old Testament. Zechariah 13.1 And to the young girls that's here, I don't think you'd want to show up your first day at school wearing this. I know Lola wouldn't. <laughs> Neither would any of the rest of them. Neither would you. I, man, I used to have some dreams as a kid going to school and uh, having... Uh, not have, forget my shoes or something. I walked to school, by the way. But anyway, uh, so we wouldn't want to go dressed like this. Rhonda, I don't think any of your students would, although nowadays, you get a little higher in school, that may become a fad. I may, I'll get the patent on it just in case you guys are my witness. If this comes in a style, I got the, I got the patent on it. So, but you wouldn't want to go that way. Zechariah 13 and verse 1. In that day, speaking of a particular day, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. This is our condition. We fail in Adam. But there's a fountain opened up. And that fountain is for sin and uncleanness. And I remember Austin, uh, never will forget, he was teaching a sermon one time. It was, the, I think it was a Tide commercial then, was very popular. And uh, no more ring around the collar. Well, this is more than ring around the collar. And so, so are we in, in Adam. But this, but there's a cure. There's a cure. This fountain has opened up to the... To God's elect, let me say it that way, what's that fountain for? For sin and uncleanness. And in the third chapter of Zechariah, so we see we have a need for this fountain, don't we? We certainly have a need for this fountain. And uh, Zechariah chapter 3, if this doesn't touch at your heartstrings, Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 4. And there's a good study around this. We'll just look at this one verse tonight. And he answered and spoke unto those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments of him. And to him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. I will clothe thee with chains of remnant. What better words could you hear? There, we are, we are in need of a change of garments or a fountain to change these garments, whichever way you want to look at that. He says, because I've caused your iniquity to pass from thee, I'll clothe thee with a change of raiment. And again, 
going back to that part of that verse that I uh, hadn't seen for so long, not just a suit of armor protection, it's a beautiful armor as for a bride or a groom. Not just, and you know, I can't, I can't, that just doesn't soak all the way into me. Yeah, protection, but dress me with this beautiful garment, salvation, righteousness. I can't, I can't, it just doesn't, I can't comprehend. I can't soak it all the way in. Yeah, the protection, but beyond that, how does God see you? Dressed in his righteousness, sees you as beauty, in fact, be his bride of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Zechariah chapter 9. We don't spend much time in Zechariah. It appears we should. Zechariah 9 and 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just. And having salvation, that's what we're clothed in. Having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. So we see these garments of salvation. Where does it come from? Jesus Christ coming in. That's our garments of salvation. I hope you see the need. If you don't see the need, you don't rejoice in these garments. Acts chapter 4. And I, I, I keep thinking, it's, and it's, it's a small thing compared to what we're talking about, but I keep thinking, Boy, if I had to go to school, first day of school with something like that, that'd be, that'd be terrible. But that's nothing compared to what we're talking about. Uh, Acts 4, uh, and 10. Be it known unto you all and to the people of Israel that by... The name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye have crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you well. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. There is, no under, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other garment of salvation. There's no other covering. If, if it was, uh, it says, uh, neither is there salvation any other, uh, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you was responsible, and I've heard it stated that way, if you was responsible for your salvation, for your robes of righteousness, then your name would be listed in here. Your name's not in here, and my name's not in here, under as far as your righteousness. 
neither is there salvation in any other. That means these garments of salvation that was provided by Jesus Christ, that's it. There is no other. The religious world tries to tell us there's another way, don't they? Another way of salvation. Another garment, if you will. Another covering. We won't go there. We go there often, and I, I know you're familiar with it, and I'm thankful that you're familiar with it. But when the first church at Jerusalem, which was at Jerusalem, and you know then there was other churches organized, Paul certainly played a huge part in that, Paul being a tool of God. So the first church at Jerusalem sent men down to Antioch to teach them. Of course, the first church at Jerusalem, they, that certainly gets your attention, right? The first church at Jerusalem, here they come. Uh, down from there, which part of these were made up of Pharisees and so forth? And they taught them, unless you're circumcised and keep the law of Moses, you can't be saved. So what are they saying their garments is? It's up to you. The law of Moses. That's your way, that's your righteousness. That's what they were telling them. But that takes us back to what is that righteousness, the best we can do? Filthy rags. That's what they taught them. They come down there and, well, and discussed it a couple times there. And uh, Peter said, well, we believe it's through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved. That's the only, that's the fountain that was opened up whenever he was on the cross and shed his blood. Job chapter 14, and I loved our study in the, in the book of Job. Job chapter 14. And verse 17. My transgression is sealed up in a bag, and thou sowest up mine iniquity. So let's let's try this. So here's our transgressions. He says it's sealed up in a bag. And let me hide it behind. It's beautiful garments. So again, a point that I had missed before, yes, we have this suit of armor that he's given for our protection. But I just kind of missed out the rest of that verse, how beautiful that is. Not just a suit of armor, but it's suitable for a bride or for a groom on their wedding day. So... It's not of us. It says he is made unto us righteousness. I know what our righteousness is. The scripture tells us very plainly what our righteousness is. But he is made unto us righteousness. His garments that he's provided for us, the fountain that has cleansed us. 
let's go to maybe Second Timothy. We have time for a couple more. Second Timothy, the first chapter. I'm in First Timothy, Second Timothy, first chapter, verse nine. Who hath saved us? This is our salvation. This is our garments of salvation. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. We know what our works are, filthy rags. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So many people bypass that. Kind of forget about that. We're saved and called with the holy calling. Not according to our works. Not according to our self-righteousness. He didn't, it's not according to that. But it's according to his own purpose and grace. Which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And boy, the world hates that too, don't they? You mean this was given to us before the world began, before we'd done any good or evil? According to the scriptures, that's exactly when it was given to us. Titus uh, uh, chapter 3. I, I just want all those listening to this, whenever it may be, to realize that we would joy and rejoice in this change of garments that only he can provide for us. I want us to see the need for this change of garments, and I want us to rejoice. Again, don't just see it just as a protective uh, suit of armor, but he's given us a beautiful covering. Titus 3 and, and uh, verse 5. Not of works of righteousness which we have done. See, we know what that looks like, don't we? Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. He saved us. Garments of salvation. But according to his mercy, he saved us. By the washing of the regeneration, renewing the Holy Spirit, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So there is our salvation through Jesus Christ. Provides us, has provided this change of garments, this robe of righteousness and garments of salvation. I may have got that backwards, but anyway, uh, that's the only place it could come from. Hebrews says that he by himself purges our sins. Peter says that uh, not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from the vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. I... Uh, I 
I want you to see the need for this change of garments. And then you see the need and you see that he has provided this garment of salvation, this robe of righteousness. Then I want us to have this great rejoicing as it was here. I greatly rejoice. My soul shall be joyful, my God, for he hath clothed me in the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. And it used to, I was so overjoyed, I stopped there, David. But then it goes on. Not just is it this suit of armor, but what he has clothed us with. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, or as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. That's the covering that he has provided. And I, Chuck, I just, I can't comprehend all that. I can, I can see the protection and everything, but even that I say, why? Why me? But then it goes beyond that. How sure are we in that? How sure are you of this garment of salvation and the robe of righteousness? How sure are you in that? Hebrew also says he saved us. He is able to save us to the uttermost. And that is so dear to my soul when I saw that. And we, and I, I, I should have asked for that song, Bill. <laughs> but saved us to the uttermost. And that word is such, that word calls me to rejoice. No other means possible. Can't be saved anymore. But the world thinks that we have to help him. Salvation. I know there are people that keep score how many people they got saved. Well, I'm going to end with Ephesians 1 and 4, and, and you folks can quote it no doubt better than I can. This has always brought me great joy and rejoicing. Does it the world? No, the world hates it. Ephesians 1 and 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That's how his will be presented. So I don't want to stop to say, yeah, he's given me this, this suit of armor that protects me and saves me. I don't, I don't want to just stop there. I want to see it's as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments and as the bride adorneth herself with her jewels. That's the garment that he's provided. That's the, the garment of salvation, robe of righteousness that he's provided not just a suit of armor. I want you to see the beauty because that's how he sees you. That's how he sees me. I can't, 
I can't, I, I, it's too high. I can't attain to all that. But that's what it is. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.